Hey, what's up? What's up? It's your boy, State of the State of the New York Knicks podcast, episode 128. Um, on this episode, I was featured on my guy, Apollo Got Up Knicks Fan Podcast. And we had a short conversation about the Knicks, and we was talking about, you know, Randall and RJ Barrett and how this team is progressing so far. So a couple of things, man. Just for me personally, I love what I'm seeing. Um, I love the defense that they're playing. You know, the Tibbs effect, current NBA leaders in defensive win shares. You got RJ at number six. You got Randall at 12. You got Bullock at 17. You got Mitchell Robinson at 35. You know, last season's highest Knicks, defensive plus minus. Mo Harkless was 163. So that's the Tibbs effect that we got right now. Then on top of the fact that we currently boast the best defense in basketball right now. Well, the well, we're we're number number 1 right now. And I'm just so impressed, man. I'm impressed with RJ Barrett's growth. He got the most points scored in the restricted area this season among guards. He's number 1 at 120 points. And second is Shea Gildress Alexander with 98. And Zach Levine has 98 and Damian Lillard has 96. So this guy R.J. Barrett is progressing. You know, R.J. Barrett is also one of the seven players with more than 200 drives to the basket this season. The other six are Luka, Dane, SGA, DeRozan, Fox, and Trey Young. So it's nice that R.J. Barrett is getting these numbers, and he still doesn't have a lot of space to operate with. So overall, man, I'm just impressed with what the Knicks are doing, and I am impressed with the overall development of this team. Then you go to another guy like Mitchell Robinson. The Knicks have a 78.7 defensive rebound percentage when Mitch is on the court, which equals to the 10th highest mark in the league. When he sits, they have a 73.5% defensive rebound percentage, which is by far the worst in the league. Charlotte is 30th with a 75% defensive rebound percentage. So that's great, great improvement by Mitch. And then when you think about it, as far as Mitch is concerned, Mitch is one of the sole reasons why this offense, well, not offense, but this defense has become so great. And shout outs to Mitchell Robinson. He's developing each game. I'm loving what I'm seeing from him. You know, the Knicks leaders on, on court and off court per 100 possessions this season. Mitchell Robinson is a, is a plus is a plus 5.8. Reggie Bullock is a plus 7.5. Even though Reggie Bullock is ass to me, I respect him. I respect the vets on his roster. Julius Randle is a, is a plus 10.9. Shout out to Juju. Juju's been balling, man. All respect to him. Alec Burks is a plus 15.3. And RJ Barrett is the highest with an 18.3. So I'm loving what I'm seeing from most of my, most of my young boys. And you know, you, you, got, you got guys like Kevin Knox, who is second in the NBA in corner threes among players who have taken at least 20 such shots. He's 15 for 26. I don't know what he is now, but the last time it was 57.7%, only behind Catavius Caldwell Pope. And Knox, Knox last season finished 13 of 51 on corner threes for 25% as a rookie. He is 30 for 80 from the corner, 37.5. And 
His overall three-point percentage, I believe, is around 43% right now. So shout-outs to Kevin Knox, man. Kevin Knox finally, finally has awoken as an NBA player. He's playing good under new, a new regime. Kenny Payne, shout-outs to Kenny Payne, man. I appreciate, you know, James Dolan throwing out that money for Kenny Payne, $1.5 million. We definitely needed Kenny Payne. I, I, I love his growth. Emmanuel Quickly. This kid has been so spectacular to me. Maybe because I'm not used to seeing good point guard play. Um, you know, the last five years, I've been seeing terrible point guard play. Probably for the last, like, out of the past 20 years, I've probably only seen, like, two good years of good point guard play. Probably um, 2013, you know, with Jason Kidd and, hmm, damn. Probably only 23 in, 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 in 2010, 2011 with Raymond Felton when he first got here. So, Manu quickly has scored more than 15 points and handed out three assists in three consecutive games. That is the longest streak by a Knicks rookie reserve in 40 plus years. So, this kid comes in fearless, putting up numbers, shooting 90 percent plus from the free throw line. I don't even know what this kid's ceiling. The kid is Tony Parker. Uh, 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 he got a little Damian Lillard rookie season in him. A little Lou Williams. I don't know, man. I just know that this kid is going to help us in the long run. That was a great, fantastic pick by uh, Leon Rose and Cole. Man, it it is so special to watch what I'm watching right now. Um, shout outs to Julius Randle, man. Shout outs to Julius Randle. The the reason why I got a shout out to Julius Randle is because I killed this man all last season, right? And he's a part of the Knicks the Knicks being number one in points allowed. He's part of the Knicks being first in three point percentage defensively. At 31%. They allow 31% in three-point mix. <laughs> you know, they're first, in, they're first in, de- in defensive percentage with field goals at 43%. They're fifth in, defen- they're fifth in defensive rating at 106.2. Randall is a part of that, right? He's definitely a part of that. We got to give Randall his, his flowers, man. Randall... And, and, and here's some of the things like Julius Randle nearly doubled his assist percentage from 15.8% to 29.2% this season while maintaining the same usage rate, 27.6 to 27.7. So Thibodeau changed the perception amongst Knicks fans in this fan base about Julius Randle. And I love it. I love it. I expected Randall to play better, but I didn't expect this goddamn. I didn't expect this. You know, I I did not expect for Randall to be a part of games where he's actually putting up numbers that puts him with Carmelo Anthony. You know, that puts him. It, I, I seen a stat that Randall was one of the first players in Knicks history to average 20, 10, and 5 through their first 10 games. You know, it, it, it's man, Randall is 
Salute to Julius Randle, man. I like what you're doing. Um, even though I scoff at the fact that people say, oh, Randle is Randall's a uh, an all-star this season. Yes. He can be an all-star this season. That is fact. With those numbers he's putting up, he could be an all-star this season. But for me, it's consistency. That's all I want from the guy. I want consistency. And as far as he's helping the kids grow and he's not putting up empty, dumb stats and he's putting up winning numbers. For example, the other game against Orlando, Slugfest. At one point in time in the game, Randall was 3 for 13. But he still was playing good basketball. And that's what I like. I want to see good basketball. And that's all I care about. See, per basketball reference, said 20 plus, 20, 20 plus points, 10 plus rebounds, 7 plus assists. First 10 games of the season. Oscar Robinson, 1960. Oscar Robinson, 1961. Luka Donis, 2019-2020. Nikola Jokic, 2020-2021. Julius Randle, 2020-2021. So, so you see, you see the growth from this guy, man. Randall, and also Randall is second in the NBA in, in mid-range, mid-range field goal percentage, an area where he was just grotesque at last season. So you know this man had put in the work. So it's conflicting for me as far as Julius Randall's concerned when it comes to Obi Toppin. And I understand that Obi Toppin hasn't played a lot yet. I understand that. So, we're going to have to wait and see, man. But overall, I'm loving the direction that the Knicks is going in. I'm loving what we're doing right now. I'm loving the triangle offense, something that seems like no Nick coach under, or under Phil Jackson seem to know how to do. And I just want to see more. I want to see consistency. And last thing before we get into me and my guy, God up Knicks fan. This Kristaps Porzingis trade, beautiful, beautiful sight, beautiful sight. When you trade Kristaps Porzingis, right, we traded Tim Hardaway Jr., we traded Courtney Lee, we got the 2021 Dallas first-round pick, we got the 2023 Dallas first-round pick, but that one is lotto-protected. This pick is unprotected, right? So with $74 million in cap space, we sign Portis Ellington, we get Juju, we get Mook Morris, Bullock. Alfred, Taj Gibson, right? We trade Mook Morris. Shout out to Scott Perry, but we trade Mook Morris, right? We receive Maurice Harkless. We let him walk. We get back the, the, the Clippers first round pick, you know, 2020. We change that into Leandro Bomaro, a second round pick. We drafted Daniel Toru. And we got Detroit second round pick. Move that, swindled that off, and we got and, and, and we drafted Emmanuel quickly because of Mook Morris. So shout out to Mook Morris. But what I'm saying is, we got Julius Randle on the best contract in the NBA right now, as far as what he's producing, his impact. He's on the best value value contract right now. So shout out to um, Scott Perry, Leon Rose, and these guys. I really want to see where that Dallas pick ends up. I want to see if the NBA gods bless us. I want to see if we can make the playoffs, get an AC 
and possibly get a top five pick, just like how the Celtics did when I believe they got, I think they got uh, 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 Tatum when they did that. Either Tatum or Brown. It was one of those two. One of those two. But what I'm getting at is the NBA guys won't bless you unless you play the game the right way. So I feel like we're finally going in that direction where we're, we're, we're all about winning and we have an identity, finally. And the identity starts with defense. So finally, I just wanted to say that Nick Nation, man. I've just been so happy about the product that's been put on the court. I know Alfred Payton is really ass. You know, he, he's garbage. I don't even want to talk about Alfred Payton. Salute to him. He's been helping us out. He's a great stopgap for right now. He's aggravating to watch. He only knows how to pass the Randall sometimes. But we win in games. We 7-8. and eight. So it, it, it's not much complaining I can do right now because Tibbs is playing the kids. My last request from Tibbs, when Frank Nilakina get back, can you please play my young boy? That's all I care about now. That, 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 that's all I want to see. For me personally, me being selfish, I just want to see Frank on the court real quick before I have any reservations about getting him off my team. But shout outs to everybody, man. Let's get right into it, man. Me and my guy, Apollo, guard up Knicks fan. Get right into it, man. Episode 128, State of the New York Knicks podcast. Let's go. Knicks family, welcome back to the Garden Knicks podcast. I'm your host, Apollo Reed. I'm here with Slizzy of the State of the New York Knicks podcast. What's going on, bro? What's up? What's up? What's up, bro? What's up, bro? Same old, same old. Can't call it. Um, we just here real quick. Um, stop by y'all real quick. As you see, my man is in here with the with the work gear. You know what I'm saying? He, he ain't playing. Yeah, <laughs> he ain't gonna take no time <laughs> off. Yeah, um, five days a week, bro. Five days. Five days. You gotta get that bread in. Um, so real quick, we're gonna start off with RJ Barrett. You know what I'm saying? He's been having a lot of uh, ups and downs. And um, for the last three day, three games, he's been averaging 20.3 points, 8.3 rebounds, 3.3 assists, and he's shooting 36% from the three-point line. So um, you know, there's been a lot of people, pundits or whatever, talking bad about RJ because he's not a great shooter. Um, but I've been consistent with the fact that that's his only negative, really. You know what I'm saying? So um there's you just got to be patient with them, but whatever. That's what I got to say about it. What you, um, what, what, what Yo, you, bro, RJ? I tell everybody, bro, when it comes to RJ, just keep shooting. That's it. That's <laughs> just, it. You, because his muscle memory is going to help. Those same shots that he's shooting now, he's mm-hmm. going to make when he's 22. Yep. We, we, we knew, like, New York has got this bad, like, like we're not patient with anything. Nothing. Right? So every after every game, I watch Nick fans, certain Nick fans, put RJ in trades for uh, Zach Levine, Bradley Bill, and I tell people all the time, just be patient. Yeah. Did you know RJ Barrett was six in the NBA in defensive plus minus? I didn't even know that. I didn't know that. That's crazy. I, I didn't even know that. Wow. So that means that he's currently the best defender on this Knicks team. Yeah. Well, on ball. Yeah, you gotta on- be. Listen, on ball, off ball, off ball, yeah. mm-hmm. Even when he's shooting bad, it's like we still see him giving his all. Yeah. So I, I, I'm good with RJ Barrett. I don't care. I don't care if he go 0 for 20. I just yeah. want him to keep shooting. Yeah, that's a fact. You know what I'm saying? I, um, 
like me and my brother, we talk about it all the time. We always go back and forth because, you know, he's like, he's such a terrible shooter. And I'm like, if you really look at it, with everything else that he does on the floor, the moment we start to get our shooters back, you get Burks back, you got Quickly in there more, um, Knox in there with some shooting around him, him and Julius, I think they'd be all right. You know what I'm saying? I don't think that's something yeah. you really have to worry about. Um, it's hard to uh, hit shots consistently when it, when the team is taking away where you get your shots at. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like if they're only giving you the three-pointer, you know what I'm saying? And that's your weakness. Of course, that's that's something that they game plan for. Same thing with Ben Simmons. They game plan for him to shoot the three. Does he ever shoot him? No. So that's the difference to me is him taking it. That means that he's not scared of it. To me, you look at Ben Simmons and he shot how many threes for his career? RJ has already surpassed that in yeah. this season alone, the amount of three-point shots that Ben took his entire career. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I literally, real quick, I literally seen Ben Simmons drive full speed, stop. And he was supposed to, you know, usually you pull up for a mid-range jumper. The yeah. man stopped, nobody's around him. He's looking for somebody to- Looking for somebody to pass to. He's said, that scared of his own jump shot, bro. <laughs> that scared of his own. I don't, and I say that all the time. I don't want RJ to become that dude. Yeah, he's missing shots, but he's taking them. I don't care. Like you said, keep shooting it. Because if you yeah. stop shooting it, the moment you stop shooting it, your brain is turning that off. Like, all right, that don't work. Don't do that no more. That's what's happening with Ben Simmons. That's why he's in year, mm-hmm. what, four or five, and he still can't shoot threes? You know uh, what I mean? So, mm-hmm. like, come on. That's that's not something that we wanna, want to want to be happening with RJ Barrett. So, I think um, RJ's going to be fine. Ups and downs come with it. His biggest weakness is his shooting, and that's not even terrible at this point. As I said, 36% from behind the three-point line for the past three games. He's going to be fine. I ain't, I'm not worried about RJ. Yo, one thing I always tell people about RJ, like, I'm gonna give you an example. The Atlanta Hawks. Who's mm-hmm. their best player? Trey Young. Trey Young. Mm-hmm. What's what's his biggest flaw? Defense, Defense. rebounding, and tangibles, the little stuff, right? If your best player can't defend, you ain't going anywhere. You're not going nowhere. Nope. You ain't going nowhere. So I'm good if our foundational pieces is RJ. Well, some people think it's Julius Randle, but I don't think that. Nah. And and Mitchell Robinson. So if you if those if those is our foundational pieces, I feel like we already a step ahead of everybody else. Mm-hmm. And then we number one defensively in damn near every stat. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. I mean, I don't know how long they'll be able to hold those numbers up, but the fact that they'll be able to, that they're six, seven and eight within 15 games and you're that high in the defensive rating. Um, and it doesn't seem as though this is a fluke. This is something they've been doing since game one. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I'm not, like I said, I'm not worried about these guys. Um, there's a lot that, you know, speaking of the Julius Randle thing that we said, yeah, he could be a foundational piece on any team. But mm-hmm. I think that uh, right now for what he's doing, I think people are considering him a foundational piece because of what he's doing and the numbers mm-hmm. that he's putting up. And if he continues to put those numbers up, then he should be in that conversation. But that has yet to be seen yet. You know what I'm saying? So we'll see what happens. I don't know. Uh, uh, well, we'll get to matter of fact, they jump right into Julius Randle from there. You know what I'm saying? Because I know we, we had planned to talk about Julius. And um, the main question we have for Julius right now is, is he untradeable? Yo. <laughs> it's and, it, and there's so many narratives where you could where, where you could skew from this. Because I, I want people to know, like, my dislike for Randle has nothing to do with Randle. Like, right. it, it's it the has team. nothing yeah. to do with Randle. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? Like, I understand that he's playing very well, but we have to come to reality. Like, we got to talk reality. 
So reality is that Leon Rose drafted Obi Toppin with the eighth pick. So regardless of what Julius Randle is doing right now, we all expected for him to play better under Tom Thibodeau. Yeah. That's right or wrong. Yeah. So yeah. if we all expected this from him under Tom Thibodeau, what is the change now? Are we getting are, are we getting so caught up that we're beating teams like the Bucks by twenty? We just smacked the Celtics by thirty the other night. Are yeah, we getting at home up, at their home at their home? So mm-hmm. are we getting caught up with recency bias. My own, are, are we getting caught up because we're not used to winning for the past twenty years? My only thing is I'm scared about the future as far as what I've witnessed for the past decade. So. I don't, I, I just don't know what's going to happen. Right. I, I, I don't. Right. I mean, so. it's, it's, a, it's a hard, it's a, it's a hard topic because there's yeah. plenty of reasons why anybody could say Julius Randle shouldn't go anywhere. You know what I'm saying? And um, I understand that. And I don't think, like you said, the problem with Julius isn't Julius. It's the structure of the team. You know what I'm saying? Um, The way the team is structured, we have, um guys that like like say if it was built around rj and and julius cool that's fine that's what it was last year there was no need to trade julius last year besides for the fact that we was annoyed with his spin moves but yes. now when you draft ob Toppin, someone who's clearly a, a a top 10 talent in this in this uh in this draft they're a lottery mm-hmm. pick and they need minutes you know what i'm saying and the only way you can make that pick worth it is if you give him the minutes he deserves. You can't play him with Mitchell Robinson. That's not going to nope. happen. You nah. know what I'm saying? So at some point, I think the writing's on the wall either they, unfortunately, there's only two options. One is they trade Julius, and the other one is that they trade Obi. And I don't think they're trading Obi. So, yo, that might be a, <laughs> but, but you know why they're not going to trade Obi? I, I mm. feel like that would be a good conversation if. Remember when we drafted Frank Nelakina? What yeah. happened the next day? We well, was talking about um, uh, DSJ. You talking about the DSJ? No, 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 no. When we drafted Frank, uh-huh. Phil Jackson got fired the next oh, day. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so, yeah. so mm-hmm. he has no, he has no manage management backing him behind the scenes. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Obi does. Obi Toppin, Obi Toppin was drafted by Leon Rose. Yep. And Leon Rose signed son. It's Obi Toppin's it's Obi Toppin's agent. That's so mm-hmm. I, I I don't know this mirage that people keeps pushing aside about, you know, well, Obi Toppin, he's gonna take his time. I would agree with you mm-hmm. if Obi was 19. Yeah, but he's not. <laughs> he's not. <laughs> he's not. He's 22 years old. <laughs> he's 22 years old, bro. Those the, that the minutes that he needs to play is gonna come. You know what I'm saying? Some way, shape, or form is going to happen. He would have already been up to 20 plus, 25 minutes a game if he didn't get hurt this season. You know what I'm saying? And that's just that's just my opinion on that. But um, like I said, I still want to see what they're going to do with Obi. I do want to see them um use them on variations of high post, uh, pick and roll like that pick and roll he ran with quickly. That was the simplest play. You can have you can he can have 10 mm-hmm. points a game strictly off of that pick and roll right there. You know what I'm saying? Running from the high post and do something like that or anything. But um. I'm looking forward to seeing the improvement. The kid is a sponge. Um, he never stops learning. He he's he's a he's he's a a high IQ big man. 
you know, and he's yeah. not even he's not even a true big man. You know what I'm saying? He plays as a big man, but we already know he was a guard his entire his entire life, really. He was he's only become a big man within the past two years. So um I think I think there's a lot of potential for Obi, and I think um he's 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 got a long way to go, but they're gonna they're gonna give him the minutes that he needs to get there. Listen, I, I, I wanna be objective real quick. Because mm -hmm. I we both we both kind of agree mm -hmm. that Randall can be gone, but let's be objective. It's people who saying that you don't trade your best player. Absolutely. So is there a future where Obi and Randall can coexist? I say yes, but it only works if you have three wings who can defend. Cough, cough, Frank Nelakina, cough, cough, mm. RJ Barrett. Mm. But um, it only works if you got wings who can defend and right. guys who are willing to buy in. Mm -hmm. Do you think long-term they could play together? Sean Marion, Amari Stoudemire. Yeah. Do you think long-term they could they could probably work together and, and, and include Kevin Knox too? Because he's also um, a guy, guy we think about. If, I, if I'm being honest, I don't know how exactly they can coexist as long as we have dreams of Mitchell being our starting five and Knox being our starting three. Um, and I say that because the only way I can see long-term Julius and Obi playing next to each other is if Obi's running at the three spot. You know what I'm saying? And Oof. exactly, exactly. It's Oof. nasty. That would be nasty. Oh, You know Oof. what I mean? No, no. So I'm good. I'm good on that. I don't, I don't, I don't want to see Obi chasing around LeBron, Paul George, Joe Harris, Joe Harris. <laughs> no, that's not why I want him. That's not why I want him. You know what I'm saying? We already know that defense isn't a weakness, but that's something somewhere he needs to improve. So I don't want to make it any any more difficult than it needs to be for the for the for the kid. You know what I'm saying? So. Yeah. Um, like I said, the only way he starts alongside Julius long-term is if he's at the five. And we have Mitch here, and that's not going to happen. So, unfortunately, it's, like I said, the only two options is if Julius is gone or Obi is gone somehow. Yeah. I, I, Y'all be telling people, and, and I be telling people, like, it's it's nothing against Randy, yo. It's mm -hmm. nothing against Randy. Mm -hmm. But it's that's a real topic that needs to be discussed. Because mm -hmm. a month from now, Mm -hmm. That's when it's really going to be discussed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and I, I, people could drink the Kool-Aid all they want now. Like, yeah. I, I, I'm drinking it a little bit, too. Because yeah, Randall, we got to get, get them wins. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. Yeah. Randall's killing. I'm yeah. eating, destroying people. But at the end of the day, the more people talk about Randall, the more I think about Obi Toppin. Yeah, that's just yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that's that's just, unfortunately, that's the cause we dealt. And we're going to see what they do. Um, I would have a little bit more confidence in it if I saw that they was running this Emmanuel quickly and uh, Alfred Payton situation a little bit easier and smoother. Um, and we could jump into that real quick before before we jump out of here. The quickly, the kid, the kid is he's ready to go. Um, I think he has a lot of room to grow, but the only way he grows is if he makes those mistakes. I don't want I don't want them to shelter him and not start him because oh he has room to grow. I mean every other guard that was a superstar guard needed that time on the court to make those mistakes. You know what I'm saying? So 
I'm not worried about the simple mistakes he made. He does go on slump sometimes where not only is he shooting bad, but he does make poor decisions every now and then. And I think that's just with him adjusting to be an NBA point guard because he wasn't really a point guard last year in college. So mm-hmm. it's going to take him a little bit to adjust, which is probably why he hasn't started yet because he has a skill. I just think if he learns how to come down the court every single time and do something consistently, which he has been showing most of the time, drawing fouls and throwing the floater up there, getting passes in, throwing alley-oops. He's literally doing everything that you want your point guard to do on offense. Um, but uh, what, what what you see out there with quickly and, and how far he's developing? Yo, first of all, um, I hate giving this dude props, but shout-outs to Scott Perry. Mm-hmm. Shout-outs to Scott Perry, yo. Scott Perry, although he's done a lot of things to annoy me, like start Moutier a whole season or, you know, oh, bring back, bring, bring Portis and kill Knox confidence, like stuff like that. The man traded Mook Morris for quickly. Then he, like, then he brings back Alfred. I hated the move. Yeah, but you understand it now. Understand. You yeah. can understand why. Yeah. And... I got to salute him. He drafted Knox. He drafted Mitchell Robinson. I got to salute Scott Perry. First of all, second of all, shout out to Walt Perry, too. Mm-hmm. Walt Perry identified this dude. Yeah. And, and, and that was Scout, a great pickup. That scout move was crazy. Then finally, James Dolan. You got to appreciate the man who hires minorities. He brings on Kenny Payne, who knows Emmanuel quickly. Was trickled down and say, yo, I want my guy. Go get my mm-hmm. guy. And we get him with the 25th pick. That's Quickly right. has been so, he, he's been like a breath of fresh air. Mm-hmm. He reminds me of, of Tony Parker with, with, with a little bit of a summer league rookie year, Damian Lillard. Like, I, yeah. I'm amazed at what he does. He talks, he talks to his teammates, he talks to the refs. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he's always chirping on the floor. He comes to compete. You know, I'm happy with what I've seen so far, and I I, I want to see more. I want to see more. I want to see more. Even though I hate Alfred, mm-hmm. I can understand why Alfred is starting. We, right. we can yeah. all understand why. Mm-hmm. We understand. And I'm gonna be honest. We ha- we have yet to see the the potential of Emmanuel quickly. We we're excited because we're seeing something different. But I honestly still don't think we've even seen half of it. To be honest with you, um, I think he has a lot of tricks in his bag. Um, the one of the first things I noticed after we drafted him is that he was already working out with, with Chris Brickley, like already. That was something he was doing in the summertime. So that's somebody that I know is taking it serious. They want to improve their game because that was something that I was also saying that I wanted to see from Kevin Knox is um, someone with his ability to attack the rim and shoot. He just needs that in between game because he has this. He has that. Once he gets that in between and learning how to head fake drive, turn it into a step back or something where just a, a dribble pull up at the mid range, Knox would be completely deadly. And that just takes a little bit of comfortable to, to be comfortable with the ball. You know what I'm saying? And I think um, the fact that you see that Brickley has already been working with quickly and, and he's starting to have those change of speed variations and all of the, all of the extra moves and all of that. And that's somebody who no, didn't even play point guard last year. You know what I mean? Kid is deadly. Kid, here's a caveat. Mm-hmm. He played point guard throughout high school. He yep. was a pass first point guard. Mm-hmm. So Coach Cal brings him to Kentucky. Now he's running the off ball guard and he's running the three guard set. 
Now he comes to the Knicks, where he's put back into the point guard, point guard position. But he knows how to play off the ball. Off the ball. Beautiful. Like he learned in college. Yeah. And, and like Ooh. I said, one of the first things I said about him when we drafted him was that he, his off-ball movement is similar to Curry. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. he knows how to move without the ball. And I think as 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 a, a a shooter, that's the most important piece to your game. If you can't move without the ball, then you just you you're just taking up space, honestly, because it's a whole section of the court that mm-hmm. they know that you're gonna stay at, they know you're not gonna move, so they don't have to play defense. You know what I'm saying? So that's why it's so important to have somebody out there like that. Um, who moves the moves with the ball? And it's funny. I was watching his highlights in college, and it was just like, it's not like he goes to the open spot. He goes to where he can. He knows that the poor, the person with the ball can see him out the corner of the eye. You know what I mean? Like it's like he mm-hmm. moves with you. Like he's gonna make it easier for you to make that pass. And that's the kind of that's the kind of guard we need. We don't need. And, and that's it's it's. I, I don't hate Alfred Payton. I'm gonna say no, I hate him. I, hate I don't. I don't I hate, hate Alfred Payton. I know. I know. I get it. I, I mean, we talked about this last year, mad time, bro. I know you can't stand that man at all. At all, you don't want to even look at him no more. You know what I'm saying? But I'm gonna be honest. I understand why he's there. He's he's someone there. He's serviceable. He's not great. Don't get me wrong, but he does his job. He's somebody who, if if uh, let's just say we didn't have quickly. And somehow we went and picked up uh, Chris Paul in the offseason. I wouldn't buy, mind Alfred being my backup point guard. I truly wouldn't mind that at all. You know I what I'm saying? I wouldn't mind that neither. I wouldn't you know mind what I'm saying? that I wouldn't mind I, I wouldn't mind it. And that's what I mean. Like, I don't hate Alfred. He's just not my starting point guard. You know what I mean? And, and, and as long as I see him in that position and he's not fit to be, it's going to bother me. But at the end of the day, at least now, unlike last year, we have someone we can put in that position and be confident that they will be way better than the person that we already had there. Now, Frank, I want to ask you a question. Huh? I want to ask you a question. I want to ask you a Has Kevin Knox, this ties into quickly too. Mm -hmm. We drafted quickly. Now we see that Kevin Knox is can I say he's the best shooter on the team now? Or it, it, um, it, it, I think it's hard for you to refute that he's the best shooter on the team. He's he's definitely proven it, proven this so far. So has how can I put this question? What's your overall take on Knox? I, I, I'm in, I'm intrigued by your answer because I remember we spoke and we both said, "Yo, Knox has been disappointed." Mm-hmm. I, we don't we didn't we didn't know what to expect from this game. Oh yeah. Yep. <laughs> and last season when he was trash. So he wasn't trash. He 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 had low confidence. He had low confidence. That's all it was to me. <sighs> he was so terrible last year. He was year. terrible Yo, though. Because of the bro, confidence, he was trash. I feel you. Bro, I had people <laughs> on Twitter coming at my basketball knowledge when it came to Knox. Like I was defending this man, bro. And I was on the island by myself, mm-hmm. but I I, I want to know what you think. Do you think he has a future a, a future with us? Like, do, do you think like he's gonna be here long term as one of the shooters for the core? Or what, what you think about Knox? What I see from Knox, I'm gonna be honest with you, mm-hmm. and a lot of Knicks fans might like this, and some of them won't because you know they have they they feelings to it, but um. I've always saw the potential of Knox 
to to be someone um like Allen Houston. You know what I'm saying? And um it's funny that they were they were the same number too. But the 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 kind of game that Allen brought now, he wasn't he wasn't hot every night. Don't get me wrong. Allen Houston was not hot every night, but he was somebody that you ain't want to leave open at all, ever. Not once. You wouldn't even give him an inch of space if you if you if you could. Um, but I think in terms of potential, I see that kind of potential in him. I do think that he should be starting at this point. Um, I don't like what I've been seeing out of Bullock. And I'm fine saying that. I you know what I mean? Like Bullock is the worst, bro. If he didn't play defense, he would just he wouldn't be on the roster. I really feel like the only reason why he's on the roster is because he plays defense. Do I think he's a great defender? No, I just think he's serviceable. He plays defense well. He gets in the passing lanes. He's long. He's tall. He can shoot. That's the only thing that makes him, to me, uh, 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 useful, <laughs> for lack of a better word. Um, but I do think Knox should be slid into that position. Um, I think at some point, if we have a lineup of uh, RJ at the two, Knox at the three, and you're starting quickly, I don't mind the fact that RJ, that RJ Mitch and because because I'm gonna be honest with you, RJ Mitch and Julius on the floor a lot scares me because that means there's only at max two more shooters on the floor, <laughs> and that's scary. You know what I'm saying? Like that's not yeah. something that you want to have. You know, if you're trying to run to the championship, you don't want that kind of system. You know what I mean? Like, unfortunately, that's just, you need at least two to three shooters out there at all times, especially if two of your main guys, your best players, get all of the baskets from inside the paint. You know what I'm saying? And then you got to add, because now if you look at that, if Julius and RJ are getting all the baskets at the inside on offense, every every play, what is Mitch doing? He's got to be in there with them. But see, notice how you just said that, right? Mm-hmm. This all comes back to Obi Toppin, brother. Yes. Because exactly. how is exactly. Obi supposed to get back? I, I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. It, luckily, we ain't the coach of the Knicks. <laughs> luckily, you luckily we not, because that's a tough, that's a tough decision. And I'm not gonna lie, bro. If you if we're being honest, in in two years, and say if next year, uh or, or or the year after, you're telling me that the starting lineup for the Knicks is Emmanuel Quickly, RJ Barrett. Um, Kevin Knox, Obi Toppin, and Mitchell Robinson sign me up for it because that lineup literally does everything that you need done on the floor. There's always going to be ball movement. You know what I'm saying? They're going to play. They're going to defend as a team. They're going to get open shots. Obi's going to stand there at that three-point line. If you if you don't leave him open because he's going to take it. He's going to get to the point where he starts knocking those down, and then that school is just going to really change everything because everybody's mad now that he's taking a lot of those shots. I just think it's rhythm. Once he starts hitting three, four of those per game, Mm -hmm. All right, now we got to go out there and guard him. He's going to blow by you and dunk it. You know what I mean? So I think uh, having somebody like that on the floor, you got quickly on the floor who knows how to uh, – he can get you 10 assists a game if you really had to. He can get you 10 points a game off the floater alone if he really had to. You know what I'm saying? RJ getting wherever he needs to go. I think that's a a well-oiled machine you got. um, And the thing is is that they play well in transition. There's one thing that I got to give them props for this year – is how well they play in transition. It was a two-game stretch where they didn't get any, and I mean zero. I think that, that's that's on 
That's on. That's on Alfred, man. That's Alfred walks the ball up, but I, no, I no, no, because that's off. That's off of rebounds. That's off of rebounds. And yeah. a lot of these guys, if you say it's Julius, they wasn't. I think it was a, a game and a half stretch or a two game stretch where they just could not. They literally had zero fast break points, and I can't blame that on one person. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, I, I, I'm gonna put it. Matter of fact, I'm gonna put it on Thibodeau. I can't even blame Alfred mm-hmm. because Thibodeau got to drill it in these dudes to move the ball. If he continues to allow Alfred to walk the ball up, even Randall pushing the ball. Yeah, now nah, Randall's he, been telling Alfred, "Let's go, move let's it. go." You let's know what I'm go. saying? Yeah, you're still walking the ball up. So, right. it, it, all I'm saying is, I, this is a secretly good foundation to have. Yeah. So these is good conversations that we having. So we could go any route. We could go to, we could try to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. We could try to get the lottery, but it, it, at the end of the day, we know we got a direction now. Finally, like it, right. it, it, it finally feels like, okay, now we trending up. Now mm-hmm. we trend into somewhere positive. Right. Unlike I mean, Phil Jackson. <laughs> oh boy. I'm so it's so crazy. We're at the point now where I forgot Phil Jackson worked for us. You know what I mean? Like I'm good at that. I will forget about a whole time of of, of someone's career. Like I, I I don't even remember Phil Jackson being here. That whole time with him, Pablo Prigioni, the Sasha, the Sasha Voyage. No, is it Voyage? Oh, Sasha. Is that was it Sasha? Sasha. Sasha it was Sasha. It was no, not Sasha. Sasha put. Whatever the hell the nigga's name was. <laughs> Bro, that what like what were we doing at that point? You know what I mean? I, I, I don't know, but give him credit. He didn't trade none of our future picks. And two things he did for us. That one, and what's the other one? You might say it right now. Oh, and publicly saying that Porzingis is like Sean Bradley. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I'm not gonna lie. He might have been right when it comes to the injury portion of, of, of that. You know what I'm saying? Because Sean Bradley was always hurt. And then <laughs> my man said, <laughs> yo, yo, he yo, really yo. came out there and said, he reminds me of Sean Bradley and tried to make it seem like a positive thing. Like, that was crazy. But um, the, the other thing I was going to say is that he made, he was the first person that came in here and said, James Dolan, I want full autonomy, which means you don't have nothing to say about basketball operations. Um. Everything basketball, you stay out of it. We talk to you about right. money, and that's it. You know what I'm saying? So that's what I give Phil Jackson respect for because that's something that James Dolan needed to realize. He had to. He had to do that. Was something he did way too much in the past with Donnie Walsh, um, Isaiah. Yeah. It's, it was just. It was just too much. It was too. He much. messed it up with Donnie Walsh. All he, he messed had it up. To bad. Do was wait. All you had to do was wait. You had to wait five, six months, bro. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Five, six months, you get mellow free agency. After you get mellow free agency, you played out for half a season. Then you say, you know what? Let's trade Wilson, Gallinari, all our first round pick, and let's go get a third guy. Yeah, yeah. And and that was impatience. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not going to fully blame James. There was some pressure from the mellow side, and that was being, he said it himself, and it was because of the lockout that came that season. And he was scared that he wasn't going to get the money that he was supposed to be getting before. So he wanted to get his contract signed and done 
before they did the little players association, I mean the players union uh, restructuring of the contract. That's the only reason why he forced it though. He he was willing to wait to the off season, but then when that, uh, when the lockout thing happened, he was like, yo, like I might want to hurry up and get in there before, you know, I I don't know what's going to look like after. He didn't want to get stuck on the nuggets. That's that was the main thing for Melo. He was scared about getting stuck on the nuggets, which I understand. But at the end of the day, at, yeah, I, I respect it, man. He got his money, man. He got his money. He's got his money. It's funny because everybody always says, get your money. But Melo's the only person where they bypass that get your money statement because he, he shouldn't have took the money route. He should have went to go get the championship and all of this other stuff. And I get it. I get it. I mean, I, I, I'm not going to sit here and blame him for not teaming up to be on a big three. You know what I'm saying? Because that's essentially what you were saying. You know what I mean? He was supposed to be the boss in that situation in Miami. He was. You know what I'm saying? So um, I'm I'm not mad at him because I was mad at them for making that move. And that's why I was a big Mellow fan because he was more loyal. You know what I'm saying? And that's what I respected. Yeah, if you could say he's getting the money, but he's not chasing the ring and, and, and you know what I mean? Letting all these other bad things happen to his career just so he can do that. Because I'm telling you right now, Mellow wouldn't have had the career he had if he had jumped over there. Yeah, he'd have had a ring. But in terms of the personal accolades, I don't think he would have reached a lot of accolades playing on that. No, nah, that's a fact. That's a fact. He would have had to sacrifice. That, a yeah. huge sacrifice. Yeah. Huge yeah. sacrifice. Yeah. But um, uh, the only other thing I do want to uh, touch on right now, pause, mm-hmm. that was wild. Um, Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> is uh, we got some, some, some news about some interest in Lonzo Ball. What you, what you feel about that right there, bro? After I've just seen on the screen that the Nets lost to the Cavaliers tonight, um, and I'm delighted behind that because mm-hmm. stars don't win championships. Chemistry do. Mm-hmm. Um, Lonzo, why would we trade for Lonzo assets when he's shooting 37% from field goal range? Shooting 28% from three. I know he's shooting horribly from the free throw line. And we're going to have to pay him. Knowing that I'm trading my young boy, and this is all bias right now. This is about to be biased, what I'm about to say. Uh-huh. And I'm going to be honest. Why am I trading Frank Nilakina, who has chemistry already with Mitchell Robinson, who I haven't seen in a couple weeks for Lonzo and his baggage? And knowing that Lonzo's going to ask for a bigger contract uh-huh. than anybody else because that's his first big contract. The better question should be, are you willing to pay Lonzo Ball $15, $16 million on his first contract? Absolutely and he, not. Absolutely not. Nope. So I'm good. But I understand why people would want Lonzo because the point guard play has been so terrible. A lot of people hate Alfred. A lot of people don't even think IQ is a point guard. Mm. The, the DSJ experiment has failed yeah. horribly. Yeah. So I'm I'm good on I'm good on Lonzo Ball. If if we shoot him a contract, I hope it's between like 12 million. But I'm not willing to give up assets, man. I, I'm good. <laughs> I, I'm good. I'm good. I'm gonna be honest. My thing with Lonzo is he has a lot of the same issues. Uh, that Frank Nilakina, not Frank Nilakina necessarily, but more, more um, Alfred Payton. 
You know what I'm saying? Um, it doesn't. I think the Lonzo Ball trade made more sense before the emergence of Quickly, and mm-hmm. uh, I think that's probably why it was a you know a topic at the at that point. It was something that people would want to see because we didn't see Quickly yet. All we saw was Alfred Payton, and we saw that we brought him back, and it was like, yeah. right, well. DS, it's either him or DSJ or Frank. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't IQ really wasn't even in the conversation. We were still naming him as a two guard. You right. know what I'm saying? So when it comes to Lonzo Ball, I, I I like Lonzo. Um, if the team was constructed a little bit differently, if we had more shooters, I'd be a lot more open to it. But given the fact that we don't, we we basically already have, we're already doing what Lonzo's give, you know, would, would give you. We already have that. You know what I'm saying? I don't think there's anything. Yeah, yeah his passing might be a little bit better than the, the full court passes. Mm-hmm. But I don't, really, I don't really think you're going to be getting a lot much uh, more out of Lonzo than what you already have. Honestly, bro, like, do you want, like, what do Nick fans want? Like, I, I'm sick of the, I'm sick of the, oh, let's get the big name. Mm-hmm. I'm sick of that. Let's let IQ rock. Like, I That's like it. what I'm seeing from Emmanuel quickly. Yeah, let him rock. I, I like what I'm seeing from Emmanuel quickly. Like, I don't need to see, I, I don't need to see another young kid on this team get an opportunity taken away. Yeah. Like, I understand, like, Frank Nilakina, prime example, and now Obi Toppin. Right. We both, we drafted them both eighth. Yep. I don't want to see Obi Toppin get wasted aside because Julius Randle's on his fake MVP tour right. and then. Now we now, now we paying Julius Randle thirty million. Mm-hmm. Oh God, we're not paying him thirty million. Not but me. now we paying him thirty million on his next contract. Now we stuck. Mm-hmm. So I I'm good, man. I want I want to see what we got here. I want to see what these kids do here. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, want to yeah. see what they do with it. For sure, and I and I I agree. When it comes to Julius Randle and that and that contract, what is he making right now? Is it eighteen? Best contract in the NBA. Gotta be. Gotta be. Was it in a year? Is it 18 mil? 19. He gets 19, 19. 19 mil a year. And, and Blake next Griffin year. gets 34 million. Oh my God. Like, he's like, raping the year. He's raping the business. Tobias Harris is getting 34 million. Drummond getting 30 million. Pascal Siakam is getting 28 million. <laughs> so that's another thing, reason why people are like, nah, we can't trade Randy. No, and I understand well, it. I mean, I get, I get it. But what it does is you have to think about the fact that is Randall gonna keep up this play right now? No. The reason why it works, I'm gonna be honest with you. Can he give you MVP numbers, damn near triple double numbers every single game? No, I don't think so. Can he give you a double double and 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 a good amount of assists? Yes. Consistently, for sure. I can, I can see Randall giving me 20 points, 10 rebounds, five assists by the end of the year. I can see that. Do I see him as an MVP caliber? I don't. I don't see that. You know what I mean? And that's because of the IQ. Talent, completely there. Um, I do want to give Thibodeau and the coaching staff more credit for what we're seeing out of Randall because he's he wasn't doing this last year. You know what I mean? No, he wasn't doing any of this last year. It was a it's a completely different person. So if you're looking at how much he's getting paid, the reason why it was hard to trade him so so uh uh over the over the offseason is because of his value in his in his uh the, his contract. Yeah, you know what I'm he saying? A, so he was a terrible shooter, turnover yeah. machine, turnover machine, 
you selfish. Lose, yeah, selfish, and you you're the main most of the main reasons why we would be losing sometimes because of just bad decisions you made. Now yeah. you're a better you're a better player this year, but now you're playing more up to your value of your contract. That's why he's tradable, not because oh he's playing good now. Get rid of him. Nah, it's because if we don't trade him now. By the by, by next year, when it's time to to either extend him or, or give him a team extension or not, either it's gonna be let him go for nothing, or let somebody else get him. And it's not you got to get him where the value is high. Same thing with with Marcus Morris last year. Everybody there wasn't there wasn't everybody uh, there wasn't a lot of people on board with training uh, trading Mook because of what he was our best player. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? But he's our best player on a bad team. Let's see what he does on a good team. And we see what he's doing on a good team. So did we win that that. trade? But hands down, (laughs) hands down, we won that trade. And that's, that's, this is exactly why you make the move for Julius at this point. You know what I'm saying? Because it might net you somewhere between 15 and 20 in terms of a draft pick. It might net you uh, uh, somewhere between 20 and 30 and a, 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 you know, a regular star or or someone just about reaching that star level. He could get you somewhere in there. But if you just keep him on the squad and you don't trade him, what's going to end up happening is when his contract is up, he's going to leave because that's what's going to happen. Worst comes to worst, he plays his contract out, and then it's now it's Obi's turn. So that's why I'm not really worried about the Obi situation. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, worst comes to worst, you trade him now for his value, and right. now you have something else. And now you're, you're doing you, you're killing two burns with one stone. You're giving minutes to Obi, you're getting rid of something that's clogging that, and you brought something in on top of that. So. I'm not mad at that. I think that uh, they sh- that's something they should look forward to. You know what I mean? Um, un- un- unless we're on a real playoff run, that's the only way I don't look at trading Julius Randle. You know what I'm saying? And and I don't see that one a playoff run just yet. It's it's a possibility. Possibility still there. But with seven and eight, it's a long season. I don't know if Julius could play as well as as he's been playing. Um, I do think RJ Barrett could take take it up another notch, but. We'll see what happens with that, but that's all I got right now. I don't want to keep you that long. You got any other any other points you want want hit? Nah, man. I think I, I think we got on most of the stuff, man. It's just that that I, I'm glad we hit on the, the Randall Obi topic because that's that's going to be a real For real sure. discussion. Not now, but in like I give it like three four weeks. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a real discussion. For sure. Yeah. But, but I ain't really got nothing nothing else, man. The Knicks is playing well. Mm-hmm. We'll be seven and eight. I think seven last year he was like two and thirteen or something like that. It was just mm-hmm. horrible. We started the we started four and eighteen. That was so, bad, bro. That was so bad. Yo, it was so bad that my yo, it was so bad that when I got the work, my man's was like, yo, bro, I, you look like you need a hug, bro. Like <laughs> 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 It was oh so my bad. God. That's funny. I know things is turning around because now people are like, yo, your Knicks is looking good. And I'll be like, yeah. Yeah. get the hell out of here. Now you want to be cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nah. Get out of here. Get out of here. <laughs> but, but yeah, um, man, I'm good, man. That's good. That's good. We um we got tomorrow against the tomorrow at 10. Damn, this is a West Coast trip. I forgot about these. These West Coast trips and these times, man. Oh my God. So tomorrow we play the Warriors at 10 p.m. Mm-hmm. Friday, we play the Warriors again at 10 p.m., another back-to-back. And then Sunday, we play the Blazers at 9 p.m. So, what you got us going in those three games? You got us, what, 0-3, 1-2, 3-0, 2-1, 2-1, 2-1, 2-1, 2-1, 2-1, 2-1, 2-1, 2-1, 2-1, 2-1, 2-1, 2-1, 2-1,
two on one. What's up? I'm gonna say two on one mm-hmm. because Golden State is coming off a of back to back. So we'll be playing them Thursday. We'll be playing them tomorrow, coming off a of back to back. So I know we I, I playing tonight. Yeah, they playing tonight against the Spurs, I believe. So I think we can win that game. Mm-hmm. And um hmm. What's the other two games again? The Kings and the Blazers. Kings ain't Kings really been killing the- it. They had one good game, I think. But here's the sneaky thing. The Knicks, if we favored in that Kings game, I will I would take the Kings to win. Yeah. Because it seemed like we always play down in our competition. Yeah. yeah, like whenever we favored, we get smacked. When mm-hmm. we lost to the Celtics the other night against mm-hmm. no starting point guard, I was disgusted. So, oh, you mean the Cavs? The Cavs, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 That was wild. Was, free dot, man. Dot killed. <laughs> and he did it when it mattered, but we ain't gonna go there. We ain't gonna yeah, go man. Sorry, man. Whole team dot. My God. Um, but, um, what, what I, I ain't gonna say. I'm, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go crazy. The the opportunity for us to go three and zero is there, you know what I'm saying? Um, not the Warriors haven't been to war. They beat they beat the Lakers the other night, but mm-hmm. Steph had to come out of his shell, go crazy in order for that to happen. Um, the the Kings haven't really been playing well this year. Um, they probably would be motivated to play us, but at the end of the day, all three of these games are on the road, and we've been playing well on the road, so that's another reason why I'm a little bit happy about that. But when it comes to the Blazers. They are missing Nurkic and they are missing CJ McCollum now. So uh, Dame gonna have to do everything. I mean, Melo's gonna do his thing. I don't think Melo's gonna go off too crazy. He might because it's New York. But uh, if we can put a little bit of uh, a mud under uh, my man <laughs> Damian Lillard's feet. I mean, Dame. Yeah, if we put a little bit of mud under Dame's feet, I think we'd be all right. I think we'd be able to get a, pull a dub out of there and lead this weekend three and zero if we can. But um, hopefully, 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 we'll see. We'll see. Um, Tom Thibodeau looks like he's having fun making these guys real defenders, and I'm I'm excited about that. But that's all I got. Thank y'all for joining the God of Knicks podcast with my boy Slizzy from the State of New York Knicks podcast. Till next my time, my God, yes, sir. Salute, Peace. brother. Salute to everybody else. Mm-hmm. Always wear your mask. Wear your Take mask, your families. Man. Stay uh-huh. safe, Nick Nation. We probably go to the playoffs. I don't know, but if we do, <laughs> it's going to be a party in the streets. But you yo, shout out to you, Apollo. I appreciate you, bro. All day, bro, from the, from the junk. You already know that, bro. All day, bro. All right.